Darnell Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25. Cuts it inside. Perfect. 35, 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50. To the 40. To the 30. To the 20. To the 15. 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer. But they're not going to. Nix is back. Throws it downfield. Caught. Touchdown, Williams. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Red Cup Auburn podcast. Uh, today we're going to give a quick recap of the Auburn Ole Miss game that happened on Saturday and we're going to have a bit of a preview for the upcoming matchup against the LSU Tigers this Saturday. Um, as always, my name is Noble. I'm joined here with my co-host Wheeler and Wheeler, I'm going to let you take the floor first. What were your initial thoughts of Auburn's win against Ole Miss? Well, so, I mean, I said last week that Auburn was going to have their breakout performance we're going to run Ole Miss off the field. Um, and that did not happen. It did not. Now, we did not run them off the field, but I do think that we saw improvement from the South Carolina game and we saw reason to be encouraged. I think um, what we did say last week about fans, you know, jumping off the rails was justified um, by Saturday's performance. We saw that the team is capable of playing better than they did against South Carolina. Um, they had a tough game that week. And I think as you look around the league at different games, you realize that this Corona season is not like a normal season and that you can't get bogged, you know, you can't get too high one week and too low another week. Um, the only consistent in this SEC season is Alabama. Um, and, you know, fans are going to cringe to hear that and say, well, why can't we be Alabama? Well, I mean, every team in the country wants to be Alabama, you know, and yeah. nobody is except for Alabama. I mean, you could argue maybe Clemson um, is doing that, but, <laughs> right. but even they, I mean, they had a bit of a struggle against uh, Syracuse this week. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like every single team that's been playing this season has been struggling mightily in their own area. So I don't think that Auburn, you know, needs to panic. Um, I thought the offense was much improved. Um, I was interested to see. I feel like Auburn fans got to a point where they were just ready to tee off on Bo Nix again. You know, they were all angry. The mob was ready with the pitchforks, waiting for Bo Nix to do something so they could say, look, I told you Bo Nix shucks. We should have kept Malik Willis. Look at how good Liberty is, Paul. Yeah, no. And then Bo Nix goes out and has a Bo Nix performance because he's a good football quarterback. 23 of 30, 238 yards, a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Are you kidding me? I'll take that performance 10 days a week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Bo played pretty well. I think that he is – I think that the role that he needs to be – the role that he needs to be in is the second option, you know? Like, I, I thought that, you know, we did a good job 
Uh, we had 35 carries by running backs, 24 by Tank, 11 by Shivers. I like that. Uh, DJ Williams, for those who don't know, he got hurt on his only carry of the game, so that's why he did not play. Uh, but the one carry. So I like that. I think, you know, we, we're a run first team and I thought we did a really good job of running the football. I mean, you know, like we said last week, tank, there's no reason for tank not to have at least 20 carries a game comes out with 24. I think that that was good. It helped our offense. We had drives where we just looked really, really good. Um, and yeah, and Bo Nix, he, he played, he played a good game. It was fairly mistake free, only seven incompletions. I mean, in an SEC game, that's, you know, that's that's strong. Uh, Seth Williams had a great game. You know, we, we were kind of we were kind of on on his back about, you know, all of his drops, but he came out, eight receptions, 150 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you can't really ask for a better performance than that. Anthony Schwartz had seven catches for 43 yards. Um, so I thought the receivers played pretty well, all things considered. But I definitely think that what we did against Ole Miss, we need to replicate every week of the season. We need to be able to run the football, and we need to try and run the football before we throw a pass every game. That's my thought about it. Um, defensively, I thought we played good on some drives and really bad on others. I feel like the defense did not play as well as they did against South Carolina. Um I didn't think that it was necessarily a bad performance. I mean, you know, Matt Corral did not have a great night. He had he was 16 to 27, 154 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions. Uh, you know, he he did not really have the the best the best night that he could have had, you know, not really like what he had against Alabama. But I mean, I, I was I was happy with the defensive performance all things considered, but they need to play better against LSU. But uh Wheeler, what what were your initial thoughts about the defense? Yeah, I mean, the defense, if you had told me going into the game that the defense was going to give up 28 points, I would definitely have taken that. Um, I, I think, what was it, they scored 21 against Arkansas when they had the six interceptions and a fumble. Yeah. So, our defense did cause a couple turnovers. I think they, what did they cause, two uh, turnovers? Is that correct? Yeah, two picks. And yeah. I don't, yeah. Two picks. So, those are you know, really important plays in the game. So you're intercepting the ball a third of the time that Arkansas intercepts it, and you only give up seven more points, um, no fumbles against. Uh, overall, I think it was a really good performance. Alabama's defense, you know, everybody said was just awful this year. I mean, their defense is not terrible, you know? I mean, they are a good, good quality defense, and they got absolutely – destroyed by this offense so I was happy with the defensive performance um with Lane Kiffin it's really hard to just totally stop the offense in fact I don't know if this year it's possible to just totally stop the Rebels um I think it's going to be much more of a can you slow them down enough to beat out their defense um but yeah I mean I think I really like what you said about the running the ball um we did a much better job with the carries um, Bo Nix, again, everybody was criticizing him last week. He had 10 carries for 52 yards this week. That's a 5.2-yard uh, per carry average. He's averaging the same as Sean Shivers and almost the same as Tank Williams – or Tank Bigsby, sorry, not Tank Williams. Tank Bigsby. That is good to have three dudes, very different styles from all three of them, 
all showing that they were effective in the run game. When you balance things out, it makes it opens up a lot more things. Um, I thought another stat that may get overlooked a little bit and something that I didn't notice my first time watching the game um, in live action that I kind of picked up on when I watched back over and looked at the stat sheet was Anthony Schwartz with a quiet seven receptions. Now, I think part of the reason that it was a quiet seven receptions is most of those were screen passes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the Auburn fan base gets infuriated with the screen pass, but he had seven receptions and averaged 6.1 yards per reception. So statistically, he's getting almost he's getting more than Tank Bigsby and uh, Bo Nix when they're running the ball or Sean Shivers running the ball. Um, and he's spreading the defense out to allow those running plays to happen. And so I, that's the thing is some things have to happen in a football game, and every play is not going to be a play that's necessarily designed to you know, bust the defense wide open. Mm-hmm. Some play, I mean, yes, you're trying to score on every play, but some plays are designed, you know, I got to spread the defense out here. Okay, well, now they're spread out and they're playing, you know, they're only rushing three. Okay, now I need to run the ball. Um, so those screen passes, they were very effective. I was very happy with the play calling. I was very happy with the execution. I was really pleased with the offensive performance for sure. Yeah, and to build on what you said with the uh, with the screen passes, you know, those aren't really – like the the coach's mindset when he calls that isn't necessarily he's calling a pass play. He's calling a run play that the offensive line isn't blocking for. Yeah. So that's you know he's trying to give he's just trying to give Anthony Schwartz the ball in space. And I don't know if a lot of you guys noticed this, but JJ Pegues on a lot of those screen passes came out and was lined up as the outside receiver because he is a better blocker than all the receivers. So that's just the kind of thing where it's like we want to run the ball, but we don't want our offensive line having to block for this run play. So that's kind of what all those screen passes are. Don't really think of it as, oh, we just keep doing screen passes. Think of it just like, well, we just keep running the ball. We're running the ball more than we did in the past weeks. Um, yeah. The only criticism I think I have of the offense was the lack of downfield shots. Um, I don't know if that – I get the feeling, you know, that – Ole Miss was playing off on our receivers a little bit. And it was, I think Lane's game plan was basically keep everything in front of you from the Auburn offense and make them drive down the field because they've been prone to mistakes this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so I don't know how often the deep ball was open. Um, Bo Nix did have that one pass to Seth Williams. I know um, that was, I mean, it was a deep ball, but it wasn't, you know, Yep. What was it, like a 35-yard pass? I mean, so it's not Something like an like intermediate route, but it's not like just taking a bomb, you know, like you are seeing Alabama do on every possession. Um, so other than that, I mean, th- I think that was the only thing that I saw on the offense that I was like, wow, that I wish I could see more. Um, and then I think underrated play of the game, and I, I may give this the play of the game, was the third down conversion and the one reception to John Samuel Schenker. Um, if Auburn doesn't get that first down, that dramatically changes the complexion of the game. Um, and at the time, I mean, I didn't have a lot of hope that they were going to get that first down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Bo Nix deserves a lot of props um, for scrambling. He didn't scramble to his right. Um, which has been kind of the knock on him. And he finds the open receiver instead of, you know, he doesn't force anything, but the guy was running wide open. Um, and he finds someone who's not a traditional target. So I was very happy. Um, that's my play of the game. 
uh, underrated play of the game. Obviously, the Seth Williams game-winning touchdown has to be your play of the game. But uh, yeah, well, and yeah, uh, you know, I was I was talking to some I was talking to some people in, in DMs this weekend, and they were mad that they they said that Bo always just forces it to Seth, which you know when he scrambles, it does seem like he just kind of throws it in Seth's direction. So I do agree with you. It was it was nice to see him scramble to a direction that he usually doesn't scramble, makes a tough throw, and throws it to a guy that isn't there all the time, you know? Like, it's not like it's Anthony or Seth or even Eli who they're running routes on every pass play. So it's like, you know, when he's throwing a normal pass play, they're always in his read. You know, Schinkner isn't always there. So I, I did think that, that was good that he, he just – he found the open guy and he didn't – it didn't matter who it was. So I definitely uh, agree with that. That was a good play. Yeah, and I think he did do a better job. I think that there's a balance of – a guy being your go-to receiver and just giving him a chance, you know, um, kind of like what Auburn used to do with Duke Williams, where, I mean, if you didn't have anything, the guy's really good at 50-50 balls, why not? And there's the balance of that and, okay, he is the only guy who I trust to catch the football. And I think yeah. that that's starting to balance out a little bit. Um, and this week, you know, kind of looking towards LSU is going to be a week where some other receivers are going to have to step up um LSU having Derek Stingley um you're not going to get a lot of open looks against that guy and even you know 50-50 ball Seth may win a lot of those matchups but he's not winning all of them yeah, yeah. Derek Stingley doesn't lose a lot of 50-50 ball matchups he is an elite corner that the NFL probably would have taken in the first round last year if he was allowed to be in the NFL draft yeah I definitely agree with that it's going to be it's going to be difficult for him to for Seth to have a 150-yard game against a, against a guy like Stingley. I definitely agree with that. Um, kind of going uh, back to the defense, just a, uh, just a quick point I want to talk about. Elijah Moore was the SEC's – or one of the SEC's leading receivers. He had had at least 100 yards in every game he had played until Saturday. He was held to five receptions for 16 yards. I thought that was a great job by the defense. Uh, props from McCreary, he was on him a lot. And it was something that, you know, I was thinking about this earlier in the week and how, you know, we've done a good job of shutting down the number one guy. And it just made me think, you know, even, you know, last year, you know – it was the issue is we're good at shutting down the number one guy, but the number two guy usually has a monster game instead. You know, like, I mean, looking back, you, you can look at LSU, you know, we slowed down Jamar Chase a bit, but Justin Jefferson had a great game. Alabama, we shut down Jerry Judy, but Waddle ran all over us. Minnesota, we shut down Bateman and uh, what's his name? Tyler Johnson went off on us this past year. We pretty much shut down Pickens. He only had like, what, two or three catches for 30-something yards, something like that. But Kiaris Jackson went off on us. So it's just like, you know, and, and then t today, you know, last Saturday we shut down more, but Yaboa had 83 yards on us. Granted, one of those was on a busted coverage for 60 yards. But still, you know, I, I feel like we that that's one thing that the defense needs to focus on. It's great that we're shutting down the number one guy, but it would be nice if the number two guy didn't just go slap off every time. Uh, and, you know, we're going to see that again. You know, you got Terrence Marshall for LSU, has the most touchdowns in the SEC, absolute monster. We're going to have to stop him, and hopefully we can we can stop the second options too uh, for, for the Tigers. Yeah, thankfully for Auburn, a bunch of the LSU receivers opted out. So I 
their second option is still a really quality guy. Um, but I don't think that the section second option at LSU is a typical second option at LSU. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's I think it's closer to a third or fourth option, which gives us a chance. Um, and I'll be interested to see if Auburn decides to play a lot of man again. Um, it looked like there was a lot more zone coverage happening uh, this week. And typically, I feel like they're doing that to stop the run. Um, I know that the Ole Miss passing game is potent, but I feel like, you know, Kevin Steele was almost doing I feel like Kevin Steele and Lane Kiffin almost had the same defensive game plan of we're going to keep everything in front of us. You know, mm-hmm. let's not give up the big play, the big momentum. Um, keep everything in front of us. That resulted in Auburn giving up a lot of rushing yards, um, but not a lot of points. So I'll be interested to see because LSU, I mean, their running back is coming in. um, Tyron David Price. or David Price, yeah. Yeah. um, Had 135 yards on 22 carries last week. So, I mean, the LSU offense is ready to play. Now, granted, that was against – South Carolina, and we all saw that South Carolina's run defense was not the best. And that was part of the issue that Auburn fans had with the South Carolina game is how bad their run defense was and the lack of running that we had. Yeah. Um, honestly, though, watching the LSU-South uh, Carolina game, it reminded me of the Auburn-South Carolina game if Auburn did not have the three turnovers – um, and Auburn stuck to the running game. I think if Auburn had the game plan that they had going into the Ole Miss game and they didn't have the three turnovers, then it's the same thing. So all these yeah. Auburn fans are seeing this and, you know, are getting really scared that LSU was, you know, blowing out South Carolina. Um, but I don't think that Auburn was too far off from that. And again, it's that COVID, it's the COVID season and uh, Having a home game versus a road game is still important. It was a night game in Death Valley, which is always menacing. Um, So I have a good feeling about the LSU game. I definitely think it's a game that Auburn can win. Um, But I don't think that, you know, either team is going to blow the other team out is my indication. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. I do think that, you know, that there's there's question on who's going to start for LSU, whether it'll be TJ Finley or Miles Brennan. Uh, I really don't think it matters that much. I think Finley played just as well as Miles Brennan would have. I think they're they're a pretty pretty similar in their in their passing structure. But I really think that, it, you know, the the focus, in my opinion, is we got to stop the run against these guys. I you know I really don't want to see LSU running all over us. Davis Price is a very capable back. Uh, you know, we, we, we really need to, to stop the run. And offensively, I really think I really think we can run the ball on, on LSU. I mean, you look, uh, South Carolina, Kevin Harris, I mean, 12 carries, 126 yards. The guy was averaging getting a first down every time he got a carry. Like, and I think, I think Tank Bigsby is a better back than Kevin Harris is. I think For Kevin sure. Harris is a great back, but I think Tank is better. Uh, I really think we should feed him. Uh, if you, I don't know how many uh, of the, the listeners watched that game, but South Carolina's second option had seven carries for 49 yards. Like, LSU could not stop the run. Like, Colin Hill had a terrible game for South Carolina, but the 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 running backs were just going off. I mean, they, they just got whatever they wanted. So I definitely think that we're going to need to run the ball. And, you know, it, it's going to be a little harder with the loss of Brandon Council, you know, Auburn starting right guard. We're going to have to, you know, next man up mentality. 
But I, I truly think that with the offensive line we have and how they've been playing the past two weeks, I definitely think we should be able to run the ball on LSU. And I think that that will open up the offense enough to score enough points to win this game. I think that Auburn's defense is good enough at keeping the ball in front of them that we don't. So what happened to South Carolina? First quarter, it's 10-7. Doing okay. Second quarter, 21-3. to after that happens, Muschamp no longer feels like he can run the ball because he's chasing points. And that changes your game plan totally. And that's why, I mean, you're not – that's why they weren't able to run the ball anymore, even though they were effective doing it. I mean, he just didn't have enough time to run the ball. So the Auburn defense, you know, keeping the ball in front of them, keeping this game semi-low scoring really plays into Auburn's advantage because we want to, you know, grind it out, run the ball. I really think that this offense could – turn into something closer to 2013. I'm not saying it can be 2013 um, because obviously Bo Nix is not as lethal of a threat as uh, Nick Marshall was. But I think more of just like pounding the ball is definitely going to play into Auburn's um, advantage because I I don't think that throwing the ball is going to be Auburn's strong suit this year. I don't think that there are enough receivers to throw the ball if you're not running the ball. I think it's a good second option. I think that Auburn's good enough at it to keep the defense honest. Um, it's been thrown around a lot that LSU is the worst in the SEC at defending the pass this season. Um, but when you look at that stat, I mean, yes, technically they are for the season, but they gave up 600 yards against Mississippi State in week one where nobody knew what the air raid um, in the SEC was going to look like. Derek Stingley was out. Um, there were a lot of extenuating circumstances behind that passing game. Um, so I think running the ball to set up the pass is Auburn's best bet. Um, but I do expect Bo Nix to be able to put up some numbers against a defense that, I mean, honestly is not that good. I mean, them holding South Carolina to 21 is more of an indictment on South Carolina um, than it is on LSU's defense. I mean, South Carolina's quarterback had a QBR of 13. I mean, that's hard to do. Yeah. John Rice Plumley had a better QBR than South Carolina's quarterback. Well, yeah, and you look, you know, to the Missouri game. I mean, the – what's his, I think what's his, is Connor Bazelak, something like that. He threw for over 400 yards and four touchdowns on them. Like, Missouri's running back, 18 carries, 119 yards. Like, it's Missouri. Like, it, it, this isn't 2013 anymore. Like, Missouri is not a power. Like, Missouri's offense is not something that strikes fear into the hearts of their opponents anymore. Like, Missouri does not have that great of an offense, and they just had their way against that LSU defense. Now, granted, LSU scored 41 points, and I definitely think that the strong suit of LSU's team is their offense, but I truly don't think that their defense is that good, and I think that works to Auburn's strength because I have faith that our defense will make some stops. You know, like I, I don't think our defense is not as good as last year, not as good as the year before, but the defense has some playmakers. And I do think the defense will make some stops on this LSU team. And I think we'll force at least one turnover. I think that we're kind of due LSU kind of turns it over more than uh, more than other teams. I think we'll force some turnovers. I think we'll give the offense some good field position. But I really think we're going to win this game. I feel confident going into this week after both teams' performances last week. I think that the offense is kind of starting to get into the groove that we need. I think we're going to run the ball. I think Bo Nix is going to have an efficient game. I'm excited. I'm excited for Saturday. Yeah, I think that Auburn has a chance to – I'm not going to say blow them out like I did last week, 
but I think that Auburn can definitely control this game. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it can be, you know, almost similar to the Kentucky game in control, not, you know, score wise, but where it feels like the entire game that Auburn's going to win the football game. Uh, I think that takes a strong start. I really think that going back to the home crowd, is going to be a big deal. Uh, you know, it's been a while since Auburn's had a good home game because we had the Arkansas game um, when Hurricane Delta was coming through. Um, so not a lot of people were at the game who had tickets, so it made a small crowd even smaller. Um, kind of killed the atmosphere. It was honestly just a miserable, boring game to watch. So the crowd wasn't that into it. And then you go on a two-game you know, road stretch that is brutal. Um, and so coming back home for a big SEC matchup, um, it's a rival I, against your one of your rivals. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we we criticize Gus all the time on here for doing terrible against our rivals on the road. But to his credit, he's actually done pretty well against the rivals um, at home. So yeah. that does give you um, good hope that Auburn will be prepared this week. Um, I mean, for some reason, Gus has always been able to really score on LSU. I don't know what it is. Um I remember when we blew him out, was it 49 to 7 uh, in 2014? I mean, it was just something like it was a blowout. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a total blowout. Um, so I'm excited. Um, again, I'm not predicting a blowout by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that a solid two touchdown win is definitely within reach for Auburn this week. I think it's, I think it's within reach, but I don't think it'll happen. I think that this year Auburn is going to be the kind of team that plays in close games. Just the style of play we have, we're going to try and dominate time of possession. We're going to try and lull the other team to sleep. We're going to it's going to be a close I think it'll be a close game. But I do agree with you. I think that we can control the game and an aspect that I like is you've got two guys for LSU that are in you know, in Miles Brennan and TJ Finley. They're both Pretty inexperienced, you know. I mean, Brennan has, I think, three games on his resume, and Finley's got one as a starter. That's – it's not a lot. And if you look at Finley, if he is the starter, you look at that South Carolina game, LSU controlled it. LSU's offense was moving well. South Carolina was in disarray. South Carolina had to stray from their game plan. They, you know, that they were struggling. They were kind of on their heels the whole game. He was at home. He was in control of the game. Now, if you go here next week – if Auburn's offense is in control of the game and he has to be on the bench for prolonged periods of time and he comes in and he makes a mistake and then Auburn's offense has a long grind them out drive, you know, the longer that the, that the QB has to think about what he did and the, you know, what it's easy once you, you know, if you make a mistake, if you get right back on the field four plays later and you can get back, but it's harder as a quarterback to, to kind of sit and sit there and just watch your defense get run through and just kind of wait there for five five game minutes, whatever. And I think that that can be to Auburn's advantage if we can control the game, control the tempo, and the crowd can have an effect. Um, I, I think that the that it, it will be to our benefit that we have a more experienced quarterback than LSU does. So, And Bo Nix has statistically been much better at home as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's been a borderline really good, almost, you know, really, really good quarterback. I don't want to say great quarterback, really, really good quarterback at home. Um, all of his, you know, really horrible games so far have been on, the, on road. the road. Yeah. Um, and he's honestly only had 
two games on the road that you were just like, bro, what horrible. are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Um, I was glad to see he didn't have a turnover this week. He almost got super unlucky with one that he hit Schwartz right in the chest and it bounced up and uh, Ole Miss dropped the pick. Um, so, but I mean, sometimes the ball bounces your way. Um, sometimes your pinky hits the ball uh, and the SEC doesn't see it. Uh, Nobes, what do you think about the uh, controversy that's going around, you know, talking about how the refs are barning hard? Okay. The way I see it is there is no ref that would have said it hit his finger in the moment. Because the thing is, it did not alter the course of the football at all. The football kept rolling, and the player was like, that didn't touch me, and he gave up on it. So that, as a ref, you're like, okay, well, it's probably a touchback. And I don't know the, I don't know the exact rule with the review, but I, I don't think that they can review it if they initially – called the touchback as soon as it got there you know because it kind of goes back to the Arkansas game there wasn't a clear recovery they blew it dead when the ball was in the end zone they don't really know who would have gotten there so I don't really know like how how all that works in the rule book I definitely think it hit his finger but I don't think that any ref would have called it there but I mean for for the people for the people whining for Lane Kiffin who's you know retweeting stuff and being all petty about it like it was one play in what the third. It was in the third quarter, wasn't it? Was it the I third think it was or the, the fourth quarter? Okay, it was. It was earlier in the fourth because Auburn had what? Auburn had that drive and then one drive after that, I think. So, like, look, it, it, I can understand you getting more frustrated, like Arkansas. I can understand a little bit them getting more frustrated, but at the same time, like, there's not never in a football game. It's a sixty-minute game. There's never one play that completely decides the game and you lost because of that like going back to Arkansas they messed up the hole they had to go for two a bunch and that's why they didn't have the points you know if they if they kick all their extra points Auburn has to score on that drive and not kick a field goal look at Ole Miss like tell Matt Corral to not throw it right into Roger McCreary's hands on inside the five yard line you know like don't throw multiple interceptions don't turn the ball over don't you know, don't let Seth Williams go for 58 yards on the last play. You know, like there, there's always things that you can do better. And that's why I don't really like all the, you know, all the people saying, oh, well, Auburn's just getting gifted these wins by the refs. Well, you know, you know, look at the kickoff return. That hold that brought Tank Bigsby's call back, like, come on. That was Put it on horrible officiating before the kickoff thing is posted, before the – fingertip thing is posted on horrible officiating yeah exactly but the thing is that's you know that's not what happens and i've told a lot of people this you know the reason that nobody talks about that is because auburn won you know like if auburn loses that game you know everybody might be talking about oh well how did the refs call that hold that was bogus this is ridiculous but you know we were on the winning side so nobody talks about that because it doesn't stir up the controversy but you know i I'm a believer that, you know, you got to play the entire game and you cannot complain about that one play when you had plenty of time after the game to, you know, still win the game and you had time before. So I I think if if you want to complain about it, you need to have played a near perfect game. And that was the sole reason why you lost. That's just my perspective on it. I agree. And I think the Arkansas and the Ole Miss game both, Everybody's been, you know, super criticizing the replay official. But I think that the 
issue should really go to the guys that are on the field. Yeah. Um, and I do think that it's a thing in college football that needs to be looked at. I think that they are blowing plays dead too early. I mean, you're seeing even guys, you know, quarterbacks that they, you know, have a guy wrapped around them and they blow the whistle just as they're breaking free and wouldn't have gotten sacked. I think that the refs have gotten so concerned about player safety that they're, you know, they're trigger happy on the whistle. Um, so that is, I mean, that's something that I would like to see change. I would like to see the referees play it. You know, it, if you watch an NFL game, even if it's like, Blade. I would say semi-clear. Yeah. If there's like any question about what could possibly have happened, they play it out. They don't let the guy just like go get murdered. You know what I'm saying? Like they make sure there's a clear recovery and then they blow it dead. You know, and that's how you should officiate the game. Um, the NFL guys are doing a much better job. Um, the SEC officials, I mean, I think they're horrible for both sides, honestly. I don't think it's just been Auburn that's benefited from calls. Um, there have been some notable ones for Auburn, but honestly, I, I don't understand how the SEC is the best conference in football and just has these literally horrendous referees. I mean, you watch the ACC and you watch the Big Ten – Big 12, I feel like it is very rare that you're watching, you know, Sports Center and they're like, oh, controversial call. I feel like every close game that's an SEC game, that on Sports Center, there's always a controversial referee call. I think the SEC needs to get a handle on these refs. They're absolutely miserable. I agree. I, I've, you know, I've never been a fan of SEC officiating, but, you know, like, you know, like what you were saying, like letting them play it out, you know, in, in my opinion, if, if there's a pile, and, you know, the other team comes up with the ball, call it that it's the other team's ball. You know, like, if you don't know, like, say it's a fumble so that you can, you know, kind of kind of let the play play out and all that. I don't like that they, they are very uh, extremely trigger happy. And there's like – I was watching – I think it was Monday Night Football. It was the, uh, it was the Bears and the Rams. Rams. Yeah. There was, a, there was a fumble late in the game. Eddie Jackson picks it up runs it in and he's looking around he's like look nobody's really like nobody really knows what's going on whatever everyone's kind of confused nobody really ran after him and I was like I was watching it in the moment they called it a touchdown they ended up reviewing it and they're like yeah that's a fumble and the recovery for a touchdown I was watching and I was like if that happened in the SEC they would have blown it dead one million percent and you know no. and that that is it's ridiculous because the the SEC officials just they control games and I don't like that like I feel like if there is a controversial thing, like you, what you're saying in other conferences, I feel like it's more of a no call, you know, like, how do you not call that? How do you miss that? And it's more like the refs in other conferences. I feel like their mindset is let them play. What happens happens. If it's blatant, I'm throwing a flag. If it's kind of ticky tacky, I'm not doing it. Whereas the sec, once it's a close game, they're super locked in, and they're like, I'm throwing a flag. If there's anything I see, if there's any question, I'm doing what I say. It's, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, I think. I don't like SEC officials, but it is what it is, and we can't control that. But Luckily, it's benefited us a couple times. It has. It has benefited us. But, you know, it's also, you know, look at the 2018 LSU game calling three pass interference calls on that last drive that really cost us the game. You know, we hated it at that point because it was three very controversial calls. LSU ended up winning the game. But, yeah. you know, this year it's helped us and past years it hadn't. But, you know, that's just that's just how it is. But, yeah, uh, you know, that's kind of that's the end, the wrapping it up. But 
I'm I'm confident about this this week against LSU. I think it'll be a close game, uh, and I like our chances, especially at home. I do too. What's your score prediction? I think it'll be fairly high. I think it'll be in the 30s. I'm gonna say. I think I'm gonna say 35 to 31 Auburn. That's my prediction. Okay, I like that one. Um, I think I'm gonna give it uh, 24-31 Auburn. Get that 10 point win, two possession. Auburn is currently a three point dog. Mm-hmm. Which we opened up, we opened up as a three point favorite, and then everyone started betting on LSU, and it uh, had a had a, quite the swing. But you know, I'm I'm I really am confident about this game. I feel better I feel better about this game against LSU than I do than I did against Ole Miss. Yeah, well, I will say I don't that think I do because I thought that Auburn was gonna beat the brakes off of them, but I do feel confident going into it. Uh, Auburn's playing a better opponent, but I am confident that the team has the potential to play better than what we saw against South Carolina and Arkansas. I agree. Well, and another thing, you know, just just real quick, I, I think LSU is a better team top to bottom than Ole Miss. I think that their offense is better. I think their offense is – yeah, I think their offense is better, but I don't think their defense is as good as Ole Miss's is. Like, I don't think Ole Miss has a, you know, stellar defense, but I think it's better than LSU's right now. But yeah, that's just that's just what I'm thinking. Uh, but yeah, so we're excited about the game. As always, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to DM the page. Uh, I answer all DMs. So yeah, feel free and War Eagle. War Eagle.